I stayed strong for him. But in that moment when we found them dead, the first thing that went through my mind was, I need to call my parents. Like, what the hell just happened? What's up, y'all? Dave Ferrugio here again. Another episode of Dead Talks. And we have a lovely and beautiful guest today who's going to share her story. Uh, it's going to be, I believe, a more or less two-part story about her ex-boyfriend and her and his parents, who unfortunately were actually murdered. And before I get into any details of the story that I don't even really know about, here's Sonia. Sonia, thank you so much for being here. Thank you, David. It's a pleasure. It's It's been a minute. It's been a minute. So now we have extra minutes here to talk about yeah. your story. Yeah. Um, as I mentioned, just start from the top, wherever that may be, and let's chop it up. Okay. So let's start at uh, July 15th to – no, July 14th. July 15th, sure, 2015. Sure? Yes, okay. I'm almost sure. Okay? okay. Now, a few days before July 15th, um, at the time he was, we had dated, but now he, we were really good friends, you know, um, like an on and off kind of a thing. He's messy. You know, attractive guys are messy. He was a fuck boy. Oh, God. Yeah, okay. That, he's a fuck boy. That's the word. Every single woman. I just couldn't get, get them off of him. I was mm-hmm. like always insecure about these things. And I was a baby. Mm-hmm. Um, so we went to Vegas. He had a pit bull and we couldn't take that to Vegas. Obviously he was like, I have to drop my dog off and I'll, I'll get to where the dog gets into the story. Okay. So, you know, he's like, I have to drop my dog off at my dad's house and I've known his dad and his little brother lived there and I had known both of them. We were all very close. We had spent a lot of time together. Wonderful people, simple people. Dad's a plumber. Brother helps dad. Nothing crazy. Stefan and I, with some few friends, decided to go to Vegas and, you know, have an absolutely fucking great time. Mm-hmm. Um, it's, I'm not sure what day that was, but it was a day we had woken up in the morning and the first thing we did was go to a day party. Of course, you know, we were doing drugs, smoking pot, mixing everything together, having so much fun. And in the middle of it, he stops. He's like, I, I have to go. I was like, whoa, it's, you got to slow down. You got to go nowhere. You got to yeah. slow down. Like, looks like you've had one too many. He's like, no, I can't get a hold of my brother. I'm like, it's three o'clock. They're probably drinking. They tend to hang out with each other. He's like, no, I have this, this feeling, Sonia, that something's not right. And I looked at him and I was like, and I'm like high as a kite <laughs> on, on life. And right. I'm just like, no, 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 you're tripping out. Like, stop it. And then a few minutes later, he disappears. So I'm calling him, calling him. I'm like, you know, I'm with my best friend. I'm calling him. I'm like, where are you? He's like, I'm leaving Vegas. You can figure out your own way to get here. So I'm like, okay, this guy's serious. Right. So I decide to get in the car with him. And he's like, we have to get there. I have a bad feeling. I don't know what's going on. I just don't feel good. And it was strange because, like, suddenly, <clears throat> I guess we all shared the same energy and we all didn't feel good. And I was like, okay, well, I'm starting to feel sick. Maybe it's the come down. I don't know. I had, I was like overcome with anxiety. He was like, I'm going to drop. So we finally get from, you know, Las Vegas to California. He's like, my friend goes home. He's like, I'm going to drop you off at home. And I was like, okay, let's do it. So I get there and I'm like, no, let's kick it. I want it. Like, you're going to go see your brother. Like I'm still up. I don't want to go home. I'll come with you. Let's go hang out with Andrew. His name was Andrew. And so we drive there. We roll a blunt in the car. We're like, and he's like, hey, 
just so you know, my dad sleeps naked on the couch. Okay. So when you walk through the front door, yeah. don't look at the couch. Okay. Just look straight ahead. Yeah, just go straight to his room. Okay. And I was like, okay, noted, you know? And so we get into the house. The dog's right there. You know, dogs always greet you at the front of the door. And we go straight to the back room where his brother is. He turns on the light and there's blood everywhere on the wall. His his brains just just on, just covered covered the wall. His, da- his dad. His brother. Oh, his we brother. passed his brother. His brother, you know, we had to pass his dad in the living room to go to his little brother's room. Right. So his little brother, what looked like had gotten was laying in bed. He was still naked. He was like in his in his boxer. It looks like he was going to sleep. That's what it looked like. It looked like he was going to bed. He was in his boxers and it looked like he was covered up and it looks like he got up because if he was laying down the way the blood was, I didn't react. He didn't react. The dog was panicking and I kind of walked to the front room and turned on the lights and, and I was standing in a puddle of just blood. That you walked past originally? Yeah. Oh my god! Because, and I didn't mean to look because you know again, dad's and dad was naked on the couch oh, as if he was going to bed. And there's Sinatra as the dog, and he's covered in blood. Now we notice that Sinatra's covered in blood, and we're just like, "What?" You know? He, and and, and is that it? same same place as dad's shot in the head, brains on the wall, bled out? They were they were dead like that for 21 hours. And. I mean, there was no call. I guess there was no noise that was made where it woke up the so, neighbors. So this is this is where it gets tricky. So let me get into the details. So Sinatra is a pit bull. And Stefan, who who passed, passed away and we'll get there, raised him to be an aggressive dog. Because at the time, he was selling weed and weed was illegal and he needed a pit bull that took care of him. So that dog was trained to attack. Mm. The fact that that dog was alive when two people are dead didn't make any sense to us because when the dog doesn't know anyone he attacks immediately but he was alive so what did that tell you it told us that these people knew the dog yeah because imagine you're gonna break i'm not saying you would but like if you're gonna break into someone's house and do something david you're gonna shoot the crazy dog that's gonna come after you you're gonna you're gonna do something to the dog but Nothing. nothing was wrong with him nothing at all so, yeah. I, so I think you're going to get to it, but did you did the killers found? So no, nothing was ever done about it. The police just gave up, and my theory was they were like, they just didn't care. It was they lived in like the ghetto, low income family, this that, not a big deal, and a lot of that stuff happened in that neighborhood. It was Norwalk, mm. so, and you know he lived on that block for over ten years. The neighbors said that they thought it was fireworks. They heard gunshots. Right. But at the time, it was after 4th of July, and kids were still letting off fireworks. Oh, man. So what goes through your head there? Because you said when you first walked in, you guys didn't react? What, what, in a it sense, was just shock? like It was like shock. Honestly, I didn't react to it till after I got investigated. We were arrested, taken into custody, waiting. Private investigators investigated us like separately. We were like the number one suspects at first. Unreal. It was, it hadn't like hit me. Yeah. When did it hit you? Because I, it, it I, took a, I, it took a minute. It took both of us a minute together to hit. He he, he it just it was I I don't know. One day we both just broke down, 
It was the morning our we woke up because the dog was barking in its sleep. And we and he had never seen his dog get so neurotic in its sleep. We're saying after after this happened, yeah. the dog was just completely neurotic. Yeah. What about him? You like he your uh, it took him a while to to break down. What's a while? Like, I would say a week and a week and a half, and I stayed strong for him. But in that moment when we found them dead, the first thing that went through my mind was, I need to call my parents. Like, hmm. what the hell just happened? Like, is this some weird setup? Like, and at first I was like, you know, he had a lot of. He was always selling weed and stuff like that or what maybe was something with him. But no, I don't we don't think so. It, there was no message. Nothing was stolen. No money. No anything. Everything was there in place. So there's no so there's no motive. We don't know. And you guys never found anything. Nothing. Out. Nothing. So how do you even get you can't even get close. I mean, I don't know how you ever get closure on something like that. But to have no idea what the hell it was or who it was. There's nothing to really work on there. No. And here's where it hurt me a lot. So um, the last time I saw his brother and dad, I was having this massive migraine of a headache. And I was being a super bitch. And his dad saw. He's like, hey, she's <laughs> she's she's being super grumpy. <laughs> like, son, he said this exact. He said, son, go take some Advil. Here's some water and chocolate bar. Take it to Sonia and make sure she doesn't bitch at you the whole way to Vegas. Okay. And like, and I was just like rolling my eyes at him, and I didn't even say a proper goodbye to him or Andrew. Yeah. So that's and so I, I felt like shit. Because of that. Because of that. And, you know, I thought I learned my lesson in not being an asshole to people. Obviously, I feel like I didn't because I did that to him, you know. I I feel like you should always be kind now, no matter what. Always end on a freaking good note. Because you really don't know when people are just going to be poof. Well, that's a poof. That's like... It, it was... It, 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 he spent his the rest of his life after that like an investigator. A what, for that case? Yeah, or? just like... What happened to my my brother and my dad? Absolutely nothing. nothing. There was nothing being done. His mom went on the news offering like a reward for anyone that would step up or anything like that. Where was the mom at this time? Were they separated? Ah, uh, yeah, they were separated. Okay. So what does that do to your psyche? Because I've I oh, it, I got I have severe paranoia now. In general, in general, especially if I get high and I'm alone in my house, I'm well, like, that's just a and you know, everyone's like, everyone's like, you have a killer dog with you. I was like, mm, about the killer dog, yeah, <laughs> you yeah, know, yeah. <laughs> about that. Um, yeah, I, I have paranoia. I, I mean, I feel like anything can happen at any time now. Like how these people were innocent; they never, they never did anything. Yeah, I mean, beyond just the the event that happened, as catastrophic as that is. Just the visuals of I, I've never I never it witnessed it. Stayed that. with me. It gave me it gives me massive amounts of PTSD. Like if it hits me, like if I think about it like in depth, sometimes like I'll just be like I have to stop what I'm doing, and I'm like, you know. What was the process for you to recover from that? So, I was graduating college at this time. Life was I was so proud of myself. I put myself through college all on my own. I was like, this is this is a great grand moment in my life, and. I needed to focus and it was hard. And then having him just lose himself all the time and wanting to hurt himself, I couldn't balance it all out. But I tried. I, I kept it all together and I wasn't together. But everyone around me was thought I was together. Every single person was like, how are you doing this? And the truth is I wasn't. I, I was I was a mess till this day. Like people think, oh my God, how did you get over Stefan? And we'll get over that too. But it's like I'm just a mess. I can't really like share it 
like that. Like even this is a little hard. This is very hard, but it's, I just, I always felt like I broke down on my own and I didn't know how to, I felt like I was annoying people if I kept talking about it over and over again. Although all I wanted to do was talk about it over and over and over again. Did you at all with anyone? With him? I, I did with him and I was too scared too because I was always trying to cheer him up. But when I was alone with peers, yes. And then you have people who are like, oh yeah, I care about you. La la la. You try to talk to them and it's like. It's not doing it. It's because it, they really don't give a fuck. People will say whatever they need to say to, in that moment because it needs to be said. Right, right. You know, they feel like assholes if There's they don't a, say that's it. That's the challenge. There's like two different types of people kind of like when that's happening. There's people who really care and they'll pick up the phone and they will listen to you for three hours saying the same like saying the same thing over and over and over again yeah and then there's people who are like i'm sorry for your loss i'm here for you hit me up you hit them up well it's hard it's hard, it's hard when you're on the other side when you're it's, yeah we had this conversation several times on here but what do you say what's the right approach to it and it, no one really knows and you know people are sensitive to how to approach yeah. people in your shoes so what was the dialogue between you two even whether it the whole recovery period of that week, like what were you guys actually, do you remember the conversations we you had? Fought, we fought a lot. Hmm. He would have massive amounts of breakdowns sometimes. Not like he wouldn't cry, but he would just sit there in quiet with no expressive emotion, not wanting to eat, not wanting to do anything. He hadn't broken down yet the first week. He hadn't cried yet. And then the following day after all of that, after being investigated for like, I don't know, four hours, four or five hours, like the following morning, he had to go empty his dad's house out. And like clean it up because the lady he was renting it from, she wasn't nice. She was like, okay, get all his stuff out or I'm throwing it away. Yeah. You know, immediately you have three days. Yeah, he just lost his dad, his brother. Yeah, yeah. Like calm down. No, she didn't, she didn't care. She's like, I want to put this house, you know, on the market. And even the investigators were like, no, this is a crime scene. Yeah. But here's what shocked me. It's a crime scene and they kept it as a crime scene for maybe three hours. And then they just wrapped it up and were like, you can clean up. After three hours? After three hours. Yeah, that's sketchy. After three hours, we got released. So maybe like all together like 10. Mm. But that was just weird. You know, I was like, there, this this isn't over. Like, you need to look. Like, I've seen Law & Order. Where's the hair samples? <laughs> yeah. Like, I've seen CSI Miami. Like, yeah. where's the hair samples? Where's the guy with the computers? Where Where is all these people? <laughs> and I was losing. I was angry. And yeah. Stefan was just ready to get everything out and like i don't know he was just being neurotic he's like i just need to move all this stuff out we probably didn't know what to do yeah i was like no you need to go tell these officers like what in the world is i was like if this was my family i would become a super investigator like you need to like don't touch anything we're not cleaning this house i told him i was like there there could be like i don't know seriously yeah, i was thinking anything. the anything so you say he didn't break down for a while so what, what was he like that, that first he was week? quiet he would stare at walls Comparatively to when he broke down, did you notice a difference? Yeah. So then, I mean, when he broke down, he started ripping his hair out and like hitting his head against the wall, waking up in the middle of the night, crying and calling me and losing his, losing himself, you know, and driving and sitting in front of the house for hours. He stayed there for like a whole day. One day he just sat there in his car. What was he like prior to all this? Was any of these tendencies reflect no, who he was prior no, to this no no you know i always saw him as like mr macho man he was he's so ridiculously good looking and he's so strong he's a strong person he's and he's he's multi like he can do anything mm -hmm. he he's like a chameleon he could blend in, in an office full of businessmen 
if you needed him to fix your car, he could. Mm. He could change all the tires. He can he can do anything. He made great meals. He was a well-rounded person and really, really happy. And to see him at his lowest was was hard. And not he didn't have a lot of people close to him. His brother was his best friend. They honestly hung out all the time, did everything. I can't tell you a time we didn't take him out. And nothing with his mom. His mom was he wasn't a his mom was never a huge fan of him. His mom was a huge fan of the brother. Huge fan. She loved she loved Andrew. And she was just hysterical over all of that. But no, she was never a huge fan of Stefan. And and I and his theory was always that he loved his dad more than her. I'm never gonna know. But the mom wasn't too friendly to everybody. Yeah. So. So what is so? Where are we at this point in regards to after he broke down? What the rest? So, what was the rest so of he, his life? So like? he breaks down. Life is a mess. And and here's another thing. So we're cleaning his house. His dad. We were cleaning his dad's house out in his brother's room. You know. And of course, I was like, I'm gonna help you. I'm going to be there. I'm not going to let you do this alone. We wrapped up a whole bloody blood-filled carpet, you know, tossed it in the back of a truck. Yikes. And he wanted to burn and throw everything away. So I decided to collect his dad's photos, his childhood photos. His dad wrote diaries. And honestly, I know it's none of my business, but I read them all. And they were just wonderful little stories about how much he loved his children and how much he loved Stefan. And Stefan never got a chance to read it. No. So I kept them all. And I was like, one day you're going to be ready when you're not as angry anymore. And you're not. He got so lost after that. When I knew him, he had like a path. He had goals. He had a plan. He was that man. He was like, I'm coming up in the world. I'm doing something. Suddenly he. He is. No ambition. You know, it's slowly for a minute he had it. And then suddenly he he just got into this dark place and stop having ambition he never got out of it never got out of it never did he make an attempt no he just gave up i think he just gave up and he and all after that up until 2019 he just was his life was never on like going straight he would always verve off here do this do that get in fights get in trouble go to jail do things the wrong way and and he he could have done anything with his life but he was so depressed and they said prior to all this, he was never doing those things. It just, man. He had a really bright future and he was a really smart person. And it, it's, it, it was tough. And he, he became very violent after that as well. You know, he started getting into fights. He started doing lots of cocaine. It's so remarkable when you see that because clearly he had, a, you know, a great head on his shoulders and he was very capable prior to all that and just, that event, as catastrophic as it is, you would think someone of that capability and that standard would be able to. I mean, I guess you never know till it happens. You never know till it happens. I can't relate to something like that, but you think with someone with that type of head on his shoulders would get himself out of the hole somehow. He never did, and I tried. He had moments sometimes for a while there. He'd talk about it, like I'm going to do this. I'm going to do that. And, you know, he started going to the gym and that was step one. I was like, work on you. Yeah. You know, and then it kind of just stopped. It, it it stopped completely. And I didn't have feelings for him either. I, you know, I was trying to get going with my life and, you know, I was seeing someone and, and, but I was like, look, 
I'm always going to be there. You know, that actually brought us closer. That made us that he became my best friend. Like he became everything in my life, the person I ran to for everything, the person I talked to. And I am a lot of people don't think so, but I'm very private and like a closed book. And and for me to be able to open up to him and talk to him and express to him and have and feel that I have someone there with me at all times, no matter what, was everything to me. And he got so lost that he didn't want to keep the dog anymore. I was like, this is all that's left of your dad and brother they love that dog like i follow his brother on instagram still hmm. and it's nothing but pictures of the pit bull his brother loved that dog it's, it seemed like his his initial reaction was it not was because you said immediately when it first happened you were cleaning up they wanted to burn everything he wanted to kind of just erase it and he wanted to forget about it he almost like was like as if it never happened yeah, I wonder if that kind of yeah. plucked at him a little bit, just trying to forget something I mean, that's he unforgettable. I was shocked. I was shocked. And then I would have moments where I would have to step away and I would break down and I would be in I would be in fear. Because at first I thought, is someone coming after you? Like what's gonna happen? And like, is someone gonna do something to you? Are we all like, you know, all these things go through your head. It's like yeah, I mean that's the important. That's the importance of especially something like that. Besides the fact you want closure to figure out what the hell just happened, when it was so random at that, to, I didn't. I didn't even think about the possibility of you know what if something comes, someone's coming after him now. Yeah, that's kind of that's. Yeah, did you even it, think about that? Or was that just you? I don't think he he thought about it at first. He was like, okay, is this one of my old deals? You know, nothing. But he had he never ended things on bad terms with people. Everyone he ever did business with, everything he ever did in his life. People loved him. He never burned bridges. It wasn't his style, you know, to do that. He was just a calm person, but wild and sweet, you know. And um, so he he didn't get it. Was he he marked that out eventually? He was like, so if he's trying to forget everything, was he not talking about it? No, he wouldn't want to talk about it. And you know, honestly, I wouldn't ask him until he wanted to. I felt like I shouldn't go and make him feel uncomfortable and attack him and be like, are you okay? Are you thinking about it? I never asked, are you okay? You know, maybe I said it once, but I never said it repeatedly. I wasn't like, are you okay? Are you okay? I'm just going to be there. What would make him want to talk about it? Did you notice anything that why, or what he would say and why he would say it? He'd, you know, songs would come on the radio mm. and it would remind him of his brother. And that's when it would, it would hit him. Little things like soccer. His dad loves soccer. He's Brazilian. And like little things like that, he would go by a soccer field and he would break down till, you know, even till this day when that he would always break down. Sunsets were the hardest for him. He always felt like that was their version of watching over him. He would love to sit at the beach and just look at the sky and be like, there's Andrew and there's Walter. Like there's my, my dad and my brother. And that's it. So what was the, uh, what was his, what was his trajectory from the day his parents died and the day that he died. Like where, where was he at a, a standpoint of his life so, was consistently so here's, bad? Here's where it gets really crazy. So, um, you know, I stuck around and stood by him as a friend and he supported, supported me even with a boyfriend. He was still there in my life. I saw him have many girlfriends and this, and I was, I was always, I was always supposed to be someone they had to accept. You know, he's like, this girl is like, after what we shared, there's no way in the world could we ever not be close. And another thing was, so with the dog one day, let me get back to the dog. He wanted to put the dog down one day 
he like could not stand staring at Sinatra anymore. And I would tell him like, have you ever seen Up? The movie. Uh, I never seen the whole thing. No. You never, but okay. Do you remember the scene where the dog has like a little speaker or something, and he can talk to you? The dog <laughs> can communicate with you. Oh no! And I don't it's it's that. a wonderful movie. I highly suggest everyone to watch that. But um, he so that's what I was like. It's like that movie. If that dog had like a little chip or something to communicate with you, that dog would tell you who killed your brother and dad. Oh shit! Like think about it. That nothing happened to the dog. The dog obviously saw the dog everything. Is a witness. Yeah, the dog's a witness. And here's what I don't get. I'm like, the dog had to have known these people because he didn't attack them. They didn't do anything with them. He wasn't hurt. He was just covered in blood because people were bleeding out, you know? And if he could talk, he would tell you like, hey, this is what happened. And you could tell the dog was was traumatized. Did Stefan have any implication or thinking the same way you did in regards to it must have been someone they knew? So we, we, we thought about that. And for a while there, he thought it was like a gang initiation. The neighborhoods, neighbors uh. thought that too. But here was a little detail that gets really eerie. So the neighbors said that there was a black Audi the day that they died um, outside the house that kept going back and forth, coming back and forth. And they saw Walter talk to this black Audi and go back in. That same black Audi was parked behind us the night we came to the house. And we were sitting there in the car rolling a blunt. And I looked at, we both looked at that black Audi behind us because this street wasn't known to have nice cars. Mm -hmm. You know, everybody was, you know, everyone worked like four jobs or something like that. So not everyone had a nice car on that street. So for that nice 2015 brand new Audi to be there, black, was was something we noticed. We were like, who, who, whose car could that be on this block? Yeah, I wonder if that Nix is the gang initiation. Does anyone with the... New part of the gang have a nice Audi. Yeah, maybe, maybe, know. maybe. Jesus. All right. So where? So that was 2015, 2019. Stefan died. Yeah. So, so, yeah. He he died December first because of a heart attack. Heart attack at thirty one. At thirty one. Yeah. And you know, he would tell me like, "I'm not going to live to see my thirties, Sonia." But then he made it to 30 and I was like, haha, <laughs> you know, like you're so dramatic. Shut up. Did he say that prior to his dad and brother? No, hmm. no, you know, and he didn't take his life. But here's OK. So he had a really hard life after that. You know, he went to jail a few times uh, for weed in Arizona because it's illegal. And um, he went through a lot, a lot of girlfriend issues and this, that he went through a lot, but he was never stable. So. In November, um, this is where it gets hard for me, but like in November, he hits me up, you know, like, hey, happy Thanksgiving. And I'm like, cool. I'm mad at him. I get irritated with him. I forgot. Well, I didn't forget. I got irritated with him because long story, well, back to the dog thing. I have the dog. He wanted to put the dog down. I took the dog from him because I was like, don't freaking put this dog down you're gonna regret it right so i'm just gonna take this pit bull from you and keep it to myself and when you're ready he's yours and he never found a stable home to keep the pit bull so i hit him up about the dog and he was being irresponsible about it and i got mad at him like why can't you take this dog as a like make this dog a priority please like i need your help it's still in your name you know um he got insurance for the dog and i got mad about that it was so stupid and he hits me up and I was like, I called you the other day. You didn't call me back. And he's like, oh, I'm sorry. Like, I was busy. You know, I'm, I'm here now. Like, 
happy Thanksgiving. What's going on? I'm like, nothing. He's like, cool. Well, are you mad at me? Seems like everyone's been mad at me these days. That's what he said. And I said, I'm sure you're probably pissing everyone off. And he's, and then I was like, get your life together, please. He's like, actually, I'm really happy for the first time in, in all these years. He's like, I'm really happy and everything's coming together, Sonia. I was like, really? Because you're pissing me off still. Doesn't seem like life's that great. Like I was being, I'm really sassy. I was being sassy. And I said something sassy back. And he was like, well, I'm sorry. Like, I love you. You know, call me. And then um, I didn't say anything back. The last time I saw him was um, in in August. And so that was is, before this conversation. Yeah, it was before this conversation. And I feel really guilty um, because I saw him in August. He had picked me up from the airport. I'd came back from London. And, like, we hung out and had a wonderful time. And then he had hit me up multiple times saying, hey, let's hang out. Hey, let's hang out. And I didn't make the time because I was just stressed out, working, like, doing life and I regret not having hadn't made that time for him and then you know here here's what's weird so here's what, where it gets kind of weird so on December 1st that morning um no no the night before that like the day before or was it the day before like okay that that midnight like December 1st around midnight the day before he died the day he died the day he died, he died. it was like not he died at like 1 a.m. in the morning, okay. December 1st or something like that. Um, I was hanging out with a friend I hadn't seen in a while. And everything was great that day. I had a really good day. Um, he had picked My friend had just bought a Lambo and he was like, hey, I just got a Lambo. Want to ride? And I was like, fuck yeah, let's go. <laughs> you know? And he's like, let's go to Moon Shadows in Malibu and like take the canyons with my car. And I was like, okay, let's go. So we, we did that. And suddenly I got anxiety. Oh, wow, like an intuition when the first time? I don't even know. You know, it's like, it was like we went to Moon Shadows. We did everything. It was like, I don't know, like 2 o'clock, and we were at the, we were on the beach, like, smoking some weed. And, I, and I'm and i smoking weed. I feel great. I've never had anxiety As weed. we does, yes. yes. <laughs> I got hit with, I just felt sick. I was like, I was like, yo, Mike, like, I want to go home. I feel sick. He's like, why? I was like, I don't know. I just, I feel really ill, and my stomach hurts. I don't know. Maybe it's the moon shadow. All we had was oysters. I don't know. <laughs> and so I just felt so ill and I fell asleep in his car. The following day I had to be, I had to be at, at, at work. And um, here, here's where it gets really interesting. And I always think, it, I don't know, I think of these little things and I'm always trying to connect them with him. I think I'm going to do that for the rest of my life. Yeah. So I'm at work and there's a, there's a no hip hop rap music rule in the office like i don't want any ghetto music or whatever sorry not ghetto but like you know no no curse words so okay. I, I always play like the 30s or like the 50s like songs you know and son and his favorite rapper was lil wayne long time ago when i was like when i thought i was like this really hot ig model um, <laughs> he came up, he had this song he dedicated to me and I hated this song. This song really didn't go anywhere. If people know about it, I'm shocked. It's like, it's Charlie Puth and Lil Wayne Instagram models. 
Have you ever heard that? Exactly, yeah. exactly. It's like who would have thought that duo would be together? Still two big names. Yeah, it's two big names, but like I never thought Lil Wayne would be like, yeah, Charlie, let's play this, let's make a song. What year was this? Is still 2019, right? Have you said this song, song? This song came out like I want to say 2016, 17. Yeah. Kind of ahead of the time because now Charlie Puth and those artists are like collabing with hip hop artists oh, a lot I don't now. Know. I don't pay attention to Charlie Puth. Yeah. I mean, I know him and. It was no, that's Sean Mendes. See, I can't. I get him and Sean Mendes like super confused. Yeah, they're kind of. They're both like super cute little white boys that I would have big crushes on in high oh, school. There you go. Okay. So we digress. So, <laughs> <laughs> um, so this uh, this shitty song that I really hate till this day, um, and I, he dedicated it to me, and every time he'd see me, he'd like play it for me. He's like, haha, it's your song. At five o'clock in the morning, plays on this Pandora channel. Instagram models on on like um I forgot what like a fifties like Pandora list. Oh know? completely out of completely out of realm. And I'm standing there and I'm like I'm thinking about him. I'm like, God Stefan, you dedicate like what at first I was like, what is the chance of this song coming on? Like who changed this station, you know? No, yeah. I went in the back, it was still the same station. And I thought about him and I was like, Oh, Stefan. Yeah. You know? Like, I hate you, <laughs> but in the most positive way. And so then I leave the office and I'm driving and I call him and it goes to voicemail. And then a few hours later, I get a text message from his one of his old best friends saying that he he died. The heart attack. Yeah. So what's your first thought there? I didn't react when his parents died, but I broke down. I broke. I I. It was. It sounds dramatic, like a movie, but I fell. I fell. Like I lost all my feeling in my body, and I fell. I didn't faint, but I. I fell for sure. I fell down. I was just like, and I couldn't breathe, and I started crying, and I had to be like separated into a room, and um. Yeah, and I immediately felt guilty. I was like, I never got to say goodbye and yeah. I was fighting with you and you are the most important person in my life forever and ever. Like, I always thought that even though I got mad at you so many times, like you are so important to me like, and I feel so empty till this day. And I, w I went through it. I was a mess. I was a mess. I, I drowned myself in, in activities, anything to keep me busy. For that first period, or yeah, for, for that first period, immediately, immediately I did. Um, immediately I, well, I, I had no choice. I have so many things after I was so busy at the time. I really just had. I was like, how? I was like, okay, I took, I took a day to myself. You know, my all my closest best friends came over that night when um, I had first found out. But I, I, the next day, I had to take it to myself, and I just, I just cried. I cried, and I went through every single photo I had of him, and I'm so thankful. That I saved his voicemails. They're they're negative voicemails of him angry at oh, me. God, okay. <laughs> but, nevertheless. Yeah, nevertheless, I have his voice and I have, you know, um, all these messages that he writes me, all his text messages, all of them, you know, and I went through them and I and I, I'm so happy that I made all the videos that I did of us hanging out, all our good moments, festivals, this, that, even fights. <laughs> you know just isn't that weird I, you know when you it makes you look at the fight differently too because in the moment the fights are terrible and you can't stand the person but then when this happens it's the exact then you're like almost you smile at the fights yeah 
Yeah. So how do you get over how do you get over that guilt that you felt when leaving because leaving someone on a, on a on a poor note? Obviously, you, I mean, you don't never you don't anticipate that's the last time you're going to talk to someone. How do you get through that? So, I, I was it was hard. That was hard. That was really hard, and it got harder after the the memorial. The memorial was 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 shit. I'm sorry. Why? Excuse me. It was, you know. So his mom and dad are there, his stepdad. From my understanding, him and his stepdad never liked each other. And he's like gone really, really bad fights with his stepdad, like very bad fights. And his stepdad was like kind of mocking him in the song, calling him like addicted to drugs. Like they, they like performed a song at the memorial that the stepdad wrote. And it was like a backhanded just slap in the face. Well, how, how so? It, it was like, it was... It was like, even though you smoke so pot, we think you had like a chance in life. Like it kind of like putting him uh, down. It was really weird. But then saying pause, it, it, it was so uncomfortable. And I brought like two of my closest friends came with me that knew him. And they were just like, what the hell was that? What, what the fuck was that? And he and he I feel like he was struggling. I feel like he was struggling to be positive And everything that came out of his mouth was phony. And I feel like his mom didn't put maybe i'm wrong enough effort into that and it was strange being there first of all because i'm like here i am in the same place at your memorial because he was cremated and so was his brother and dad here i am in the same place that i was standing in in 2015 with you with your brother and dad but here i am for you like what the fuck you know and I feel like they could have done more. His mom had gone above and beyond for his brother. I just didn't feel like there was. It wasn't the same. It wasn't the same. I was like, where is all the just this emotions and the comfort and this? Maybe I'm wrong. Maybe I'm the only one who felt that. But I did not feel welcomed, first of all. And he'd be very proud that I went up to his mother and said hi. You didn't have a good relationship with them. She, from my <laughs> under—I uh, might be wrong too. If you're watching this, Tina, um, you know, from my understanding, they they don't favor who I was, and Grandma's not a big fan of people these days. I don't even know. I didn't know racism existed anymore, but it does. I guess I don't know. Racism. Yeah, she was a little racist. They were a little racist. They come from a different background. There's a whole other story to that. That's like a telenovela of its own. Telenovela. Yeah, because she never from she never liked any of his colored girlfriends. It was strange. But when he got a white girlfriend, she was like right there. Caucasian, she was right there. She was like, oh hey. Hey Kelly. And with me Okay, here, here's an example. So we were dating, and this is my first time meeting her, and it's a party. It's like an office party. She owns like some 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 I don't I don't even know what she does, but she she's having an office party. Her assistant is there. This is great. You know, he brings me, and he's like, "Hey, mom, this is like the girl I'm dating." You know, and she's like, "Hey, what's up? Hi, make yourself at home." Okay. And then the assistant runs up and she's like, oh my God, oh my God, Stefan, look at you. You're all grown up. You're so handsome. Yada, yada, yada. And, you know, he's like, okay, here, meet, you know, meet Sonia. She's like, hi, hi, hi. And like her husband was, this lady and her husband were together. And she, she's like, oh my God, do you want to see, I forgot her name, which is her daughter. She's like, she's so beautiful now. She takes out her phone and now his mom's standing right there. Like Stefan's mom. Yeah. She takes out her phone 
And she's showing Stefan a topless photo of her daughter in a thong to my boyfriend. Wait, 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 wait. The, who, who's showing? Wait, what? Sorry. This lady. This lady. <laughs> okay. Just, this lady, the mom's like assistant, was showing Stefan a topless photo of her daughter to Stefan. Jesus. And knowing that I'm the girlfriend, she's like, look at how much she's blossomed. Well, aside from you being the girlfriend, just showing your daughter's boobs. I'm like, my mom doesn't own a f- picture of me naked. The fuck? Yeah, there's a lot of layers to that one. Yeah. There's a lot of things Yeah, I was like, there. lady. But I immediately was like, I snapped. And her husband was right there. And I was like, oh, that's great. Why don't I show your husband a picture of me naked? Yeah, it's kind of. T- t- and t- mom t- looked at me like. Yeah, there's so many layers to that part. That's, uh, that's a lot, <laughs> I have a lot of questions for that lady. Yeah. <laughs> Can we get her on this podcast? Yeah. Um, all right. So we're at the memorial. So we're at, we're, we're at well, the memorial. And it was just, I don't know. I didn't feel it. Just uncomfortable? I was so uncomfortable. Well, let me ask you because I think from, I may, maybe you didn't say this, but I thought you did early on. It kind of gave you a reflection when his parents, when his dad and his brother got killed. You mentioned something about kind of being cognitive of leaving someone on a bad note. I think even then you might have mentioned something. Did you did that did that bring you back even more cuz you left him on a bad note so that's kind of I mean I I, yeah. I I know that you don't think that way. Like that's not clearly I think anyone most people would just want to take that back but in the moment you're upset at someone it's not easy to do in the moment until you make these recollections but you had that thought then and 5 years goes by that's a lot of time to kind of forget about something like that. Does that hit you? So it did. It did. It it hit me in that. I mean, I can explain. Every, uh, we'd be here all night if I mm. went over every single detail of how I've dissected this emotionally. But yeah, I was like, I did it again. I told myself I wouldn't be an asshole to people. I told myself I wouldn't get butthurt and mad. And just leave someone on a yeah, bad note. Yeah, leave someone on a bad note over something so stupid and meaningless. Like, so just just dumb and not be so petty. You know, I told myself I wouldn't do that. Now, I've done a great job with, like, my parents, you know. My mom talked, like, five times a day. You know, my dad as well. So it's, like, now I applied this rule with friends, you know. And now I'm so, like, scared all the time. I'm, like, holy shit, life is, life has really tested me. And, like, it is so freaking fragile. And you don't realize it till everyone, you like, till people just start falling, yeah. dead and it's like okay i know you know you re- you really don't think about that happening and then it happens and now i just value my my life so much and i value the people around me especially my friends you know some of them don't feel comfortable saying i love you to me <laughs> but i'm like i love you say it back to me so, <laughs> you say you love me well, i'm gonna show you a picture of my daughter's boobs no 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 or or i say I get really dramatic. I'm like, my friend died and I never got to tell him, like, tell me you love me, you know? Yeah, yeah. Like, and, and a lot of them understand that. They're like, you know, I know why Sonia is very, I'm very like, I love you, goodbye, good night. Like, I make sure I'm now, I hope I always do this. So do you find yourself maybe kind of, I don't know the wording, do you find yourself kind of getting over that guilt that you felt from doing that by continually living your life, making sure you don't do it again in a sense? That and um, so he always knew that I was frustrated with him. I had to think. So the text messages, the this, the that, that I've saved since 2016 now. Like I've, I've had I have that many text messages in my phone. Oh, my God. Um, <laughs> I just read all that. I was just like he knew why I was frustrated with him. He knows that that's, that was my character, that I would get mad at him when 
when I didn't think he was doing enough and that I really, really just wanted him to always step up in everything in his life and be the person he was when I met him. Yeah. And I told him that I was like, this is I even told him, like, this is why I get frustrated with you. I love you so much. When you make stupid mistakes, it's irritating. Yeah. And I, and that's that's a moment I was having again. So I had a really tough, like I talked to myself a lot. I was like, kind of like I was talking to him. I also wrote a letter to him and then like burned it. After he died? Yeah. I also like did tons of psychedelics in my room by myself and had a lot of conversations with myself. The help? So much. What kind of psychedelics? It's like I, I took mushrooms. Well, the first time I took mushrooms and we shared a mutual thing with Adventure Time. We loved, I don't know, do you know Adventure what it, Time? Have you ever heard of Adventure Time? It's like a cartoon. It's a really funny cartoon that was on Cartoon Network. They no. stopped it. It went on for like seven seasons. No. So we shared, I watched all those on Mushrooms and like. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, this is, part, this is part of the healing process? Yeah, this is part of the healing process. Okay. I was like, I'm going to watch something that we shared together. Right. And like I got into a place where I was just like, I was like having, I feel what felt like was a conversation with them. I was having a conversation with myself, kind of like therapy. I was like sitting there like walking myself through it i was like i'm sorry i was like but you know like i was very it was like funny as if he was there as if he had never left that's the type of conversation i started having with him on shrooms i was just like you understand why i'm so frustrated with you and i miss you and there i had these text messages from him where he was like i'm always going to be there even if i'm gone he you know after his dad and brother died he was so scared about himself because at first remember i told you he thought somebody you know, he's like, I'm always he's like, I'm going to stalk the fuck out of you when I'm dead. Like, just know that. <laughs> Jesus. He, yeah. Oh, wow. You know, I have a text message like that. He's like, I'm going to always be there for you forever and ever. You and the bubs, mm-hmm. you know, I'm never going to leave you. And it, it's like with those messages and everything, I felt I feel like he's there and I feel like he's happy wherever he is. I don't know what happens when you die, but I Google that all the time now. <laughs> Google what? Yeah, I like, what comes where up? do you go? <laughs> tons, of, tons of crazy things. I'm you sure. know, there's like mediums. I've literally, I can tell you, watched hours of medium talk. You know, people who can communicate right. with the dead. I even like, okay, so in college, I had a guy who told me he was a medium. I went on a gnarly like Facebook message, this, that, to find him again. And be like, oh, well, and just, found him on Instagram, like, like I don't know, eight years later. And now he's an accountant. <laughs> yeah, like something like yeah. that. He like works on a farm or yeah. something. Wait, so I mean, you said you think he's happy, but I, the bright side of it, I guess, if there is one, which I like to think there always is, he said he was happy before he died. You know, he happened to tell you with that August before, whenever. No, it was no, August, in November. In November, yeah, you were in November him. he told me that. Yeah, so I mean, he went out. He was happy. He was happy. Exactly. And I had never heard him say that. And, you know, at the funeral, his mom was like, the day before he died, it was the first time he had came over and had seen the whole entire family happen to be at the house, which never had happened. Isn't that that, that the the underlying beauty behind it when that happens? Yeah. And and she's like, you know, she was saying this at at the memorial, sorry. And she was like, you know, we never are all together. Like, you know, the mother, sisters, his other relatives. But that day they were in, Stefan decided to come over. So he saw nieces, nephews, all of them, everybody. Look at that. And then, you know, the next day, well, right after he left, he left his house, their house. And that was a Saturday. Went home, got got home around maybe midnight. And then like 1 a.m., 2 a.m. It's so interesting when that happens because you said earlier, you know, he thought he was going to 
passed young, which is an interesting intuition. And then he happened to die after he saw his mother and his family all together. It almost makes you think like that's when he let go. But it's odd. It's weird to it's say that because, to because he was that. happy. Yeah, it's odd to think that. But, you know, I went back to his Facebook. This is strange. And I went to his Facebook and it's like all he would ever post is like, where are you? He would like get neurotic on Facebook and be like, where are you, Walter? I wish you were here. But like he would post this all the time. Like, I miss you, dad. I miss you this. And he would something his dad said all the time was, I encourage you to have a good day. He started saying that to everybody all the time. I encourage you to have a good day. And um, he really missed them, really missed them so much. And I don't know, some part of me thinks like my mom's, you know, like very spiritual. She's Catholic and, you know, she's a Latina Catholic stuff, the juju, <laughs> the voodoo. Yeah. She's like, I think the brother, his brother and dad were like, you're you're not doing so well. It's time you come back to us. Maybe. You know, and maybe that's it. Tons of people have had tons of things to say to me. Um, he's next to you. He's here. My best friend believes every time she sees a white butterfly, it's her grandfather. Yeah, why not? You know, why, why not? not? It's, why, that, yeah, why the hell not? Why not? And, and for me, every time I hear a random Lil Wayne song, I'm like, maybe you're, you're chilling. Maybe. maybe you're here. You know, it's, it's interesting because when people, there's, I think there's a lot of people that would dismiss that. There's a lot of people that believe yeah. in that stuff. Yeah. But the people that do dismiss it, it's like just as likely as like, just as there's no proof to really say that is so. There's really no proof to say it's not as well. Exactly. So it's like, who the hell knows? Anything can happen in this world. <laughs> who the hell knows? Yeah. So, uh, who who knows? And then you know, I reincarnation. Mm -hmm. You know, sometimes I really do believe in that, and I'm just like, maybe you'll get reincarnated one day. Have you ever seen Enter the Void? I haven't seen any of your things so far. Oh, you need to watch. So Enter the Void's about this like guy who dies. And then he gets reincarnated. It's kind of dark. It's very dark how it's he gets a, reincarnated. Up my alley. It's okay. But it's it's the beginning's kind of annoying, and I feel like you need to be doing ecstasy because there's like all these lights, and it's like ecstasy boom, boom. watching a movie. Yeah, I don't know about or that. like I don't know some sort of drugs. It's for like at least ten <laughs> minutes. It's like just the credits, but the credits are like flashing at you in okay. lights. It's like so bright, and then it, it, it's like a. What kind of a movie? It's like a person. Pers it's like by his perspective. So okay. you're like, he's like, POV. yeah, POV type of a movie, but it's really good. He's like on DMT. He gets shot while he's on DMT and then his body leaves his soul mm. like or his soul leaves his body. Sorry. <laughs> and he's like floating around. And the one thing he cared about the most in the world was his sister. And he goes and he floats around for a while and watches his sister. And I mean, do you want me to ruin it for you? No. Okay. But, but you should void. watch it. Enter, enter the void. Maybe I'll watch it tonight. Yeah, yeah. And it, it's really interesting. <laughs> um, so so I thought about that because we had watched that movie too. I was like, hmm. You know, at the end of the day, whatever gives you peace, that's it. And it's nice to see that his, his transition seemed like it was as good as it can get. You know what I mean? He said he was happy. He saw his family. And so it may be. But so are you at a good place? Are you in a good place considering? Um. I think I'm getting there. And how, has, how are you? What are you doing to get there? Are you doing anything to get I, there? So I allow myself to cry. Good. I wasn't at first. Mm. I haven't gotten. So why weren't you allowing yourself to cry? Because I just needed to focus at the time okay. on, on what was going around around me and getting things done. It was very crucial for my life and my business and everything. And I was like, 
I can't stop. I have to keep going. And this quarantine has been wonderful for me because it's, 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 you keep, we talk about this, but this is recent. Yeah, it's very. He, he recent. died recently. He it's died five, in five December. Of, yeah, six months yeah. ago. And like you know, four twenty passed, and I was really upset that day. Okay. Yeah, because that was his favorite holiday. He loved weed. Like now, I'm just like I have to go through all these holidays without you, and I get upset. But I'm the way I'm working on myself is I'm writing a lot. And he would always have wanted to see me successful, happy. And so I'm that's I'm trying to be as happy as possible. And I'm allowing myself to cry. I'm running. I'm working out. I'm doing things for myself. I'm really just trying to work on myself. Mm. And it's been, you know, it's been lonely. And I get I get really lonely. And I have moments where I have to step away and like break down. And I miss him. I feel empty. I'm like, where is Where's my other half? Who am I going to call? I've caught myself calling him driving, you know, in LA traffic. I just like, I was so used to always getting up on the phone while I'm stuck in the traffic or anywhere in Orange County. My parents, I'm like, okay, I'm going to get on the phone and, and call him. Yeah. I've caught myself doing that a lot. And I hold my dog a lot. And I'm like, every time I'm holding you, it's like I'm holding him. My dog, the dog's been everything to me. Is it Sinatra still? Sinatra. Wow. Yeah, I still have Sinatra. You know, his birthday's coming up. So. Okay, happy birthday, Sinatra. Yeah. And yeah, that's Sinatra is like, a, it's nice to have him. I feel like, I, like, and he senses my pain and like comforts me. And yeah. Do you, do you, do you have any outlet to talk? Because it's like you're working on yourself, but do you find talking helping? Are um, you talking? So, you know, in the beginning, I felt like I was a broken record and I still do. You know, I talk to my mom. My mom, I share it with a lot. And my little sister, because she lost her best friend of, like, childhood. So, like, I talked to them. But I really didn't have anyone to talk to at first. I really felt like I was irritating people or just, a, like I said, a broken record. Well, I guess certain people, uh, you know, you can't tell who actually wants to listen. You're thinking yeah, and, you know, better. it made me realize how many people... Oh, Oh, it's okay. You can plug that in again. Or you keep talking. I'll plug it in. It's right here. <laughs> yeah, check, check, see if that works. Yeah. Check, check, check. Check, check, check. Do you hear me? Yeah. Cool. We'll, okay. edit, that. we'll edit that out. Um, but what were we talking about? Talking about uh, people, you feel like people don't want to. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. I felt like um, some people were really fake about it, you know, and when I would reach out to talk about it, it, it would be dismissed. And so did that restrict you from wanting to talk about it or you just felt you didn't know it, it did it restricted me from talking about it i was like i shouldn't bring other people's it, it made me feel like i'm bringing other people's moods down but then eventually i was like what the fuck you know i i've been through i've been there for friends who've lost people close to them god i like stefan you know and i didn't know what to say yeah so what did i just didn't say anything i was just there right I was there. Sometimes all you can do. Yeah. And I was there and I was good at being there and present. And I have like a handful of people I realized who was really real in my life and who wasn't because I felt like this was really a pivotal moment in my life. I was either going to get out of this or I wasn't because I felt myself falling like like depression. So I feel like everyone has their own different needs in regards to how they want people to be there. What's it for you? Do you want to just be heard? Do you want people to give you uh, like opinions and thoughts and advice or do you want people to just be what do you what I wanted to, you? to be heard I wanted to talk about it I wanted 
I want, and also I wanted people to start respecting and loving each other more, you know? And I've just become very like now, not clingy, but very like emotionally giving to my friends. Hmm. Like, I want you to know how much I freaking care about you. And I've now, I've become more like consistent and there in everyone I love's life. That's something I've stepped up. I've stepped up as a friend for people and as a person and I'm cautious and I'm conscious about it. Like I'm, I'm thinking of others throughout the day instead of, you know, when someone calls me, I call them back. I make it a point. I make it a point. I'm like, I'm calling you back. I'll even set a note to make sure I call you back. Like, I just, I don't know. I'm just now being very careful and cautious. You know, I try to think about that too. Business calls are different sometimes, but when I get a call from a friend or like my, especially my mom, my sisters, it's weird. I don't want to come off neurotic with my own self and think like, I said, I don't want to think it. Even when people talk about this podcast, I think it's important to talk about death. I don't want to be like, oh, wake up in the morning. Let's talk about death. Whatever my mom calls and I can't take the call, but I usually answer almost everyone on calls I like to think. But if I miss her call, my sister's call, I think I, I gotta call them back because I do think I'm like, God forbid, whatever happens, because I have that in the back of my head. Yeah. It's like when you have these experiences, you can't help but think that. And it's a, it's a, it's in moderation. It's hard. To, you don't want to be too neurotic and think that because I feel like you're gonna keep focusing on it, think that's only what's gonna happen. But just be aware, like you are, especially you. You, ha- you learn the hard way of, you know, someone going out and not leaving on a high note. That I'm sure you, it's probably on your mind all the time, and you're living it through now. So. You know, you got to be proud of that, right? And you're only six, you're only five, six months right now. So it's, I can, I can imagine it's going to evolve. I feel like um, I'm going to have uh, different moments of really breaking down. Like little things will come back to me and I'll break down. Mostly it's, you're not there anymore. What the fuck? And yeah. I have, I was really angry at first. I was really angry. I was pissed. Just was, what, the world? It, it, yeah, I was pissed at the world. I was getting mad at friends. I was just just angry. And I've also, like, cut a lot of people out of my life. You know, I was just like, I don't think you're good for me. Now I'm so careful about my energy and who I allow in. And I had to, like, take a break from Instagram. Yeah, it goes a long way. Yeah, it ch- changed my life when I stopped ga- giving a shit about, like, posting and this and keeping up with everything, you know? I was just like, I can't do this anymore. Yeah. You know, I can't keep up with people anymore and like they're bullshit. And I just don't now I have very select people in my life. I'm very careful about who comes into my little bubble. And because I've worked so hard to like maintain, you know, myself and keep moving forward, I don't want to become depressed. And I saw myself becoming very depressed and very scared. And I had nightmares and I wasn't sleeping and I wasn't eating. And so, how did you come? How you combat it? How do you combat I, that? I had to focus on the people that loved me, like my mom. My mom's a huge reason. My mom calls me every single day on the dot. She calls me. We talk every day. You know, I hear her voice, and you know, she has cancer. I could lose her at any given moment. They've been telling me this for the last ten years that she can fall anytime. And she's like, have had. She has three different types. Hmm. So I've now become a little more neurotic with her Mm -hmm. you know because i always sit there and i'm like i can't imagine losing you and i am like i just you know i just lost stefan and i saw myself i'm like oh my god if i lose you i don't know if i'm gonna be able to like pick back up the way i have with his loss they got it right yeah but you you have to and then i'm just very yeah i'm just a very cautious person now and i'm really not like I've always been very honest and outspoken and I speak my mind, but now I do it more than ever and I'm not scared of being alone. 
you know, and I and I'm scared of losing my friends and and, be, and not being scared of alone and these little things. Is it just being aware of it and facing it? Is that what it is? Yeah, you just gotta face it. You have to talk to yourself. I think talking to yourself is the most amazing thing in the world. People people think it's crazy that you have fully blown conversations. You're doing it all day though in your head. Yeah, head, yeah but if you actually like, talk and speak it out loud, not a lot of people do that actually. What's well, a good way? I have, it's a good way of not suppressing because I think we all like, like even you said at the beginning you were uh, not letting yourself cry because you had things to focus on, which is fine. Like I get that, but then when you kind of had some time to think about things, you allowed yourself to cry and you weren't suppressing things, and I'm sure you felt better, right? Yeah, it was like I was. It's like I was having almost like it was like almost like therapy, therapy, you know. And I'm like working out all the problems in my head. That's what it felt like. And every time I stopped, like every time I got to a place and I could feel it, and I now I notice what my depression looks like. You know, I'm like, okay, if I don't feel like getting up in the morning and I just feel like, you know, being lazy, not getting anything done, instead of looking at it like, oh, I'm giving myself like a break or something, I'm like, I'm not the type to sit there and just lay in bed and not do anything. So this isn't normal behavior and I shouldn't give myself excuses. Get the hell out of bed. Oh, well, that's why it's to be conscious that's what cognitive. i'm saying Con- yeah cognitive of it that's that's a great deal and like through covid because we're all quarantined and i'm alone i got that's where all my demons of this arose and i had to like deal with it because i was go 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 and then suddenly i'm like home home all the time see that's interesting too i mean i think things are a lot better now comparatively at the beginning of all this but i wonder i, I guess there's been a rise of a lot of things too when there's like loneliness and depression i don't know the stats and whatnot but it just seems that way and it forces people to face these things, yeah. and like things that we have, like a lot of people haven't faced to, with themselves. So it's forcing, which is a good thing, as long as people are taking it that way. Because, like you said, you could easily disguise depression as oh, I'm just giving myself a break, and it's just making an excuse. But you had the balls, you're a lady, but you had the balls to face it and define really like be honest with yourself. And that's why it's a challenge. Like when people are are so used to deflecting it and kind of lying to themselves. You're just suppressing and suppressing, and eventually that shit's gonna come out somewhere. So I think you're in my opinion, it seems like you're on a great fast track of really handling this in a mature way where you're facing yourself, you're being honest with yourself. I wanna be the best like so people are always like, I wanna be the best version of myself, yada yada yada. But are you really being the best version of yourself? You know, like are you really so now I'm very like I wanna be a good care I wanna have good character, I wanna be kind, I wanna be generous, I wanna be giving. Like this Mother's Day, I have a few people I call mom. I went out of my way, I bought all of the Mother's Day gifts. I was like, I want you to know how freaking important you are to me. Yeah. You know, like it goes a long way. Yeah. I'm like, here's flowers and I'm writing cards. I now I have this thing with cards. I'm like, I'm writing you a card to let you know that I am here. Yeah. You know, and it's like once it's written down, it's forever. You know, it's funny you said the flowers. I had a moment today where I uh, I got pulled over. I, I guess I, I rolled through a stop sign and I was in a residential neighborhood, oh first of all. I don't know why the cops are even there. I got pulled over. They gave me a ticket and I was en route to give one of my really good girlfriends flowers. And like immediately I was like, oh, God, I just want to go home right now. You know, you know what? No, it's just a frigging ticket. I ended up getting her the flowers and dropping it off. But my point here is, is just kind of that like it's so easy just to flip the script in the our mindset. head it's just the mindset fl- it's just yeah. flipping the script i was like you know what it's all good the ticket whatever and then i still got out of the flowers and i dropped it off at a doorstep but it's nothing to do with the flowers you just reminded me of it but it's just that little it's so easy to take the easy route i could have just went home yeah or you could have just said oh it's another day off and but you faced it and it says no i'm clearly not in a good place and it's easier said than done 
just to say it, like people say, I want to be the best version of myself, like you said, but to do it, I think you just got to, as long as you understand, it's going to be hard. I might feel uncomfortable, but you got to put in the fucking work. You got to put the effort in. uh, It's it's not that it's been uncomfortable. It's time consuming. Mm -hmm. So like I had to go to, you know, the flower district because the flowers are a better price. I brought, it's ridiculous Mother's Day flowers, you know, and it was time consuming and it was effort, but I'm starting to fall in love with putting effort in showing how much I care about people and, and myself and, you know, and it feels good to do good things. And I'm like, that's really where my positivity is coming from. I'm like feeding off of other people after I do something for them. And I wasn't normally like that. I'm very forgetful. And <laughs> and I'm like very, uh, sometimes I get in these moods and I'm super sassy. And I'm like, my words could cut you. I cut deep with words sometimes. I'm very creative. And now when I catch myself, I'll catch myself getting irritated and saying something like that. I'm like. I'm sorry. I just, I just fucked up. And then I'll say something fucked up again. I'll be like, I'm sorry. I just did it again. I'm just not in a damn good mood, but at least I like say that instead of just like reacting. I'm like very like telling you where I'm at right now in this moment. How old are you? Yeah. Do we have to, David? <laughs> well, my point. Do we have to? Fine, you don't have to answer that. My, 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 my point is, it's impressive. I'm going to be 28. Oh, you're 20. God damn. You're good. Oh. But no, it's, it's nicer. It's, it's nice that you're, you know, we're all evolving. You know what I mean? No matter what age we are. So it's cool. It's, it's, it's fun to see people that are still. So 28, like, you kind of like, for the most part, a lot of people are the way they are. But to continually work on yourself and seeing that. From my understanding, there comes a time where you like kind of stop like working on yourself and you're like just you're you just become the person you are for you continuous. And some people don't grow. I like have uh, like a list of like goals and everything. And one of them is like, don't fucking stop learning and growing, you know, learn new things, get over new things. And I'm taking this even though it hurts me. Don't get me wrong. It freaking kills me. I am going to do something and become a valuable person to myself and others. And I'm going to embody positivity as much as I can and actually do it and not just say it, you know, and even if it sounds, yeah, even if it's ridiculous, you know, if to do little ridiculous things, I'm going to do it, you know? Well, that's the thing. I think, uh, I think some people just accept who they are, which is fine. It's fine too. I think we should accept who we are, but also be aware that, there's always things we can work on. No matter what age you are, you can still change. And if you want to change and you think you need to change, we're, we're a living organism and it's not just, it's not always final. But um, I don't know, like I, I keep, the whole conversation we had, the way you're speaking of it, it, it felt like it was so long ago because the way you, it seems like you're handling it in a very mature way. So um, I think uh, people that are going through things right now uh, can pull a lot from you is just allowing yourself to feel and being very conscious of those things. I feel like you being so conscious of it it seems to be helping you, right? You know, I uh, I started with one thing a day. So this is what I started doing. I did this thing called one thing a day. So I would get up in the morning and I'd do one thing. Rather it was like, because I love gushers, but I don't always Ooh. have gushers. You know, I was like, I randomly thought about gushers. I'm like, I'm going to go buy myself a box of gushers. And it gave, it just like made me a little bit happier. One thing a day, I did something that like brightened my moment so much that it put a pep in my step, even though it was just getting a box of freaking gushers. Yeah. So I, that's how I started. I was like, I got to do something that's going to, you know, cause I felt like I was slipping through the cracks and I was like starting to get really dark and negative and angry and like just lashing out mm-hmm. at people. And so I caught myself in that 
And, and the way I did it actually was my mother. She was like, hey, you're being a bitch. And she's like, and you're not on your period, are you? I was like, <laughs> no. She's like, oh, well, you don't have an excuse. Right. You know, like, don't rotten your soul, Sonia. Yeah. Please don't. You know, and I was like, okay. So I, I do one thing a day that makes me happy, even though it's small and silly. Getting my favorite soap, getting McDonald's fries on the dollar menu or their ice cream. There's a McDonald's right around the corner. Yeah. <laughs> um, you know, just exactly now and then you know i was uh doing something for my friends and that's where it all started i was like you know what i want to start doing a lot more for my friends i want you know god forbid something happens to me or you know i'm not here i want them to know how much i love them and i care about them and that i'm always going to be there just like here's a good story i i recently like got out of a fallout with a girlfriend of mine she was mad that i forgot her birthday and i noticed that like i picked up on it i picked up on her attitude that she was giving me so i went on my way and i got her flowers and a card and i dropped it off at her doorstep and i felt really good she obviously didn't care hmm. it was like 10 o'clock at night and i was afraid i put it at the wrong doorstep but she just she's like oh i forgot she forgot yeah huh. she's like i got carried away thank you so much though i was like oh I'm done with you. All right, that's a little ungrateful. Yeah. Well, what, what what I was thinking is, what do you? I mean, what's your opinion on you know, I guess, two different scenarios? I guess you losing him and him losing his brother and dad in a really traumatic way. I, it's, I can't really compare death for better or for worse. But what is it between people like him that he never really got out of? It? I guess he kind of did. I want to say for that it took him so long to get to that point of happiness. But you're only six months in, and you're kind of like. You seem to be doing. I didn't. Oh, here, here's something good. I saw how he lost himself. I kept telling myself, "I'm not going to lose myself." So you, you kind of yeah, used that. I did. I definitely did that. I was like, "I'm not going to lose myself." I saw him lose himself, and I allowed him to lose himself. But like you know, two years later, I didn't say stop thinking about them, Stefan. I said, "Start." They would want you to do better. Your dad, his dad wrote in his diary. He's like, my his dad was always a plumber, never went to college, nothing like that. And when Stefan started wearing suits to work, it made his dad so happy. And he wrote that he was like, "My son wears a suit every day." I never thought that like someone from my bloodline would yeah. ever see the day of like a good job in an office, yeah. you know, and his father was so proud of him. And I, when he was going through this, I wanted to, to tell him, I wanted to give him all these things, but he didn't want to see it. I was like, your dad would want you to thrive. And he never embodied that. He just stayed stuck and it got worse and it got worse and it got worse. And that's what I, I, I kind of like reflected. And here's another thing. I was like, this is what it feels like. Like, I can't right. imagine what it felt right. like, but I can, like, now I'm like, I could never imagine the multitude of pain and emotions that he felt with the loss of his brother and dad, but just feeling what I felt losing him. I'm like, oh my God. Yeah. You know, like, this could be heightened. Like, this could be worse. This could be mom, this could be yep. sister. You know, this is like just as important. But so I finally felt like I was in his shoes a little bit. And I was like, I don't want to lose myself. Yeah, it's powerful. Yeah, and so I kept remembering, I'm like, don't lose yourself, Sonny. I kept saying that, I'm like, don't lose yourself. And I guess maybe that's, in the beginning, I didn't really cry a lot too. When I was like doing a lot with work and all this stuff and waking up early, I was like, don't lose yourself. Like I, that's what I'm saying, I talked to myself. I would say it out loud, not just in my head. I'd say it out loud, like a freaking affirmation, you know, don't lose yourself and that he would always see me he had written me a card um 
when I'd first uh, obtained the business and it was like, I'm so proud of you. You're going to do such wonderful things in your life. And my biggest goal in life was to be 30 under 30. You know, mm. I was like, I'm going to do this. It's going to happen. And he wrote that. He's like, you're going to get there. And if not, like, you're going to get there in your 40s. Like, you're going to get there. You're going to be recognized as a millionaire, billionaire, Sonia. You know, you're going to you're going to do something great with life. He wrote me this beautiful card and I keep it with me, actually, everywhere I go. It's in my phone. It's like a little note. Good. And um, that that pushes me. It's good to use that because, like I said, uh, you know, everyone handles things so differently for, for better or for worse. So that's all encompassing amongst the many reasons why I'm hoping some people that are going through it now hear yeah. how you how you're handling it. I think you could everyone could pull from the grain of salt how they can handle it. But even the people that haven't gone through anything, it's important to make these realizations before they wait for something like this to happen. So um, the way you're handling it is very wise and mature, I can tell already, and you're so early in, which is so impressive. So I want to commend you on that and uh, just keep doing what you're doing. But um, I, I really, the things you said really going to go a long way. So I'm hoping someone, anyone is listening that is going through it, whether you are or not, to listen to this girl. Right over there. And reach out to me. I love that. You know, like, even if you're random, reach out to me. Say something, you know. Um, I think sharing pain and listening to others really helps you cope. Yeah. I, I went to a group, you know, where people had lost their loved ones. I did. I did one of these random groups. Um, and just listening to how they went through it, their coping, how they felt about death and where you go. You know, and um, I I did I did actually twice, and I told them I was like I was like I Google this every day, <laughs> like <laughs> where do you go when you die? And then the next time I went to the group meeting, a few people were like, we Googled that too. <laughs> I'm gonna have to Google that now. You know, and it's like it's like the WebMD for death. It's like I don't know if I want to so do that. Much. I was like, I know it's interesting, huh? And I've never I've never even with um. What do you get? You get people's like forums of people just. You get forums, you get YouTube videos, you get, you know, Chris, Christianity, religious stuff, you get God stuff, you get, you, you gotta. I'm Googling it yeah, right yeah, now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Google it. There's, there's a bunch. But just my favorite ones are the mediums because some of them are so phony. Oh, <laughs> uh, well, the mediums are, yeah, I think take Sometimes. So where do you, I just Google, where do you go after you die? The first thing that comes up, you complete the cause of death documentation. The body can be released from cremation or yeah. burial. Once the death has been certified. We'll go, oh, this is where you go after you die. This is like telling the people that are still alive. Yeah, where, where do you go after, after you, die. you die? And then we have to go to YouTube and you'll find these videos. But you, I've gone through like 10. Okay, I've gone through like 60 pages of Google on that. Like I've gone deep. I've like typed in like, are spirits real? Is, is Stefan with me right now? How, how to talk to the dead. That's another one I started. Well, I mean, one of these is, does dying hurt? So if anyone's answering this. Uh, <laughs> then you know. Yeah, then you, people actually answer, uh, yeah, you know what? Actually, dying does hurt. Um, yeah. I don't know. But, Depends on how you die, I guess. Right? Well, why don't you, um, I'm going to plug your like Instagram handle like, um, underneath the like the description of the episode. But what, just shout out your Instagram handle so if they do want to reach out to you. Um, if anyone wants to reach out to me. Um, however you want them to reach out. Uh, you can reach out to me on my Instagram. 
Uh, David will post it with this video. Mm-hmm. It's at Sonia Rita. You can send me a DM. You can slide into my DMs. Mm-hmm. Just just if you have issues, nothing else. <laughs> yeah, just nothing, make, nothing you can else. ask her what happens <laughs> when you die, and then she'll give you the whole spreadsheet. Yeah, I will. I will send you some op- <laughs> some like spreadsheets on it. I don't know. I'm losing it. One of these main questions is: <laughs> Does dying hurt? Okay, I'm gonna read out the rest of this. But guys, thank you for tuning in another episode. Sonia, thank you so much. Thank you, Blessings David. your way, and uh, thanks for listening, guys. Chris Mealy, my audio guy. Cue the music. <laughs>